Thunderbirds are go. And like that with the Thunderbirds, with the mighty whoosh and maybe a roar, you've arrived at the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. This is episode number 82. How do I know that? Well, I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and I'm here with the amazing Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, how are you, sir? Hey, hey, I'm doing all right. I hope everyone's doing okay. That's all I ever need to hear to know I'm going to be all right. Steve, how are you, my good friend? It's barbecue weather. I'm happy. (laughs) When you're happy, I'm happy, and there's plenty of happy things to talk about. We're going to dive right into our movie section, kick things off with the announcement that Suicide Squad has a logo. Now, Sometimes the logo means many things. Sometimes it's just, oh, but I have a feeling both of the uh, gentlemen with me today have uh, a few insights to shape on their reactions. Brett, starting with you, my friend, what do you think of this logo? This definitely gave me the 80s vibe because I believe this is the same logo that they used for Suicide Squad comics back in the 80s. Um, so it makes me it makes me curious if, if um, part of the story takes place back in the 80s. Maybe that's how we'll get some of those characters like King Shark. Maybe it'll be kind of like a flashback thing. Um, but it, um, it it's cool. It kind of brought back uh, nostalgia for me from back when comic books were like 60 cents a pop, which I would love if that was still the case. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got a very 80s feel from it. And going off flicky fashions here, I would love yeah. to see this on a T-shirt. I'd love to see like the, and, and you know, they, they he um, posted the different language logos as well. And I think all that, all those would look cool on a, on a T-shirt. <laughs> so yeah, flicky my, fashions. Yeah, Baby, embrace my... the name. I'm <laughs> loving it. Yeah, here so it that's is. That's my folks. take. The, the wheels are turning. It's starting <laughs> up. Yeah. All right, Brad. <laughs> All right, see, what do you think? El Escuadrón Suicida. Oh, man, those logos. <laughs> Nostalgia is not the word. I was transported back to a time where comics were on the racks. They had really cool covers, were printed on really crappy paper smelled funky but delivered the action like nobody's business and if that's the kind of atmosphere and feel that james gunn is going for sign me up put me in my time machine whisk me back to the 80s let's get the funk and the fashion and the brad and the seth and the suicide squad on track because i am ready oh these logos are gorgeous um yeah Back to my teenage years. Ah, nostalgic sigh. What about you, Seth? You know, the best part about my uh, teenage years is that when I think about it closely and carefully, there was a lot of anxiety. (laughs) And one of the things that I love about the fact that Gunn has mentioned that he's, he's, you know, pulling very uh, closely to this Ostrander run is the fact that there's a lot of anxiety built up, it seems like, with the idea of who's going to actually make it through this movie and what, what that feeling's going to be like. Uh, Yellow sort of adds to the, the flash. And then also there was that sense of just that <laughs> that feeling of, oh, my goodness, everything feels like it's 10 times bigger because as a teenager, you've got like hormones going everywhere. Um, your brain can't process any of them. Everything feels uh, either 
smaller than it used to or 10 times larger than life than you ever thought it would be, which is a great feeling from this uh, logo. Um, I, I love the fact, Brad, that you pointed out the, the different languages. I hope people get a chance to check those out and see it. When you when you look for this, look for the fact that there's so many different uh, ways to see it visually, which is really cool with that bright yellow background. But um, the, the fact that it harkens back to when you would see these uh, in the newsstand for me i remember there was a local longs drugstore that would sometimes have comics on a rack and and this was one of those things that was so eye-catching it was these bright primary colors i i, I love the logo i think it's going to be a really great tone to set up what we can expect from the upcoming movie and i loved my god i'm not going to stop about it brad you said felicky fashions my friend I want to hear it more. I'm I'm so excited for the buildup for that. So uh, stay tuned, folks. It's coming soon, right here. Um, but moving on from logos to uh, an interesting development in an interview with Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman, alluding to the fact that her next Wonder Woman film, the one coming after Wonder Woman 1984, which we're still waiting for, but is done and we know that jenkins has mentioned there will be a movie to follow but this one will be her final wonder woman movie which i thought was a really interesting thing to consider and i enjoyed the direction this interview took but thankfully i'm not alone on this which is why i get a chance to hear what brad and steve had to say brad what was your thoughts after reading this interview uh, I'm, I'm of two minds of the whole thing um as far as her being done with it um, on one hand, she has shown such understanding and knowledge of the character and what motivates it and exactly what the character of Wonder Woman is. So with that kind of understanding, that's what made that movie so great. So she should know as a director when she would be done with the story. She should have, you know, I, 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 I trust her in, in, in knowing when to step away. On on the other hand, though, don't put the cart before the horse because we haven't seen the second movie yet, let alone the third. We don't know what the public reaction is going to be. I mean, if these are as good as we're hoping they are, fan reaction and things like that, that may change her mind to want to stick around uh, to do a fourth one. Her experience making the third one may inspire some kind of storytelling for a fourth movie so i you know never say never but i i suppose that even if we did get her back for a fourth movie i wouldn't blame her for wanting to step away for a little bit doing other projects something like that before she comes back to it but um uh, yeah so i'm kind of i'm kind of i'm kind of torn about it uh steve what do you think yeah totally agree with you um mixed feelings because she is such a, a talented storyteller and, and director and the first Wonder Woman movie, honestly, it is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. So the fact that she wants to step away while she's on a high, while she's still in love with the project, with the characters, is a good thing. Because we've seen it happen so many times before when they've churned out movie after movie after movie. They end up jumping the shark and we end up with a, a film and a set of ideas that just do not work anymore. I want Wonder Woman to stay high quality. I do not want to see a Batman. Man and Robin or Superman 4 scenario coming up. So if she produces and uh, or possibly even executive produces 
the Amazonian movie and uh, any following Wonder Woman movies, that's good enough for me. Pass the reins to someone else who's hungry and who wants to take the character in exciting new directions or bring a slap bang into the present. Because I've got a feeling the way she was talking that there's going to be one more um, episode set slightly in the past. I don't see her bringing it all the way to the future. But she also did say this is most likely her last outing. So mm, never say never. Um, directors have been tempted back in the past to do great things so maybe she will come back but also let's remember that the whole covid thing changed her view and changed some of her ideas on the film as it were which was finished long before um we're going to get a chance to see it and gave us some ideas and some thoughts on the story so perhaps when this one comes out when she starts making the third one things will happen things will change and she might decide to change her mind but whatever the case uh, I'm going to hold my breath and, and wait for Wonder Woman 1984 and see what happens then rather than uh, think too much about it and uh, thank her and congratulate her really. She'd made one great film already. I've got a feeling the next one's going to be just as good if not better. So bring it on the fall. I want 84. <laughs> Seth. I want 84 too. I can't wait to see it. I know it's going to be... I mean, there was already that great feeling we were getting from those early uh, trailers and more recently with the posters. There was there was that sense that this was a movie that was done, ready to go, that very few things were going to affect it. And I'm intrigued by the fact that aside from moving forward the date once or twice, that everything else about it feels like it, it can, you know, be its own complete thing and yet also connect so well to what's come before and what's coming after. Um Brad, I love your optimism. I <laughs> I love to see you wearing the symbol today. Uh, you know the idea that that you've got. I mean, you've you've held out hope now to uh, Mr. Lindelof and now uh, to Ms. Jenkins with the idea of, hey, we don't say just because you say it's over that it has to be over. We'll, we'll let you come back. You can come back, and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. And uh, the the fact that they might change their minds that she could in this project change her mind. I think that's a, a great possibility to always consider and hope for. So uh, I, I love the hope. And Steve, as I said, I, I want the 1984 too. I, I do want to credit her for what she's done so far. And I, I also want to keep in mind the fact that she made a point of saying, I've stopped working on the project that I was working on because I want to sort of look at what things are changing and how that might develop. But there is a part of me, too, that says, yeah, if this is the final movie, that if it's three and done, well, I, I can't ever really get mad at a great trilogy. I love the idea of how complete that arc might seem. I also like the idea that she could step back as a uh, you know executive producer and that in doing so, she could maybe allow others to do some directing, be aware of what the storytelling is doing and what direction it's going and have a role in that. But yet also, Steve, as you mentioned, maybe uh, the Amazons movie, the the other possibilities that could develop down the road, maybe even have her coming back after another movie or two. I love to be optimistic that she could come back for like movies five, six and seven or something. I don't know. However, uh, the, the idea that she has this arc in mind, that she could have three just beautiful Wonder Woman movies, uh, the first, which I love, the second, which I already have, you know, got an eye crush on, and I'm sure will develop into also a deep-seated love, and the third that I have a feeling uh, I'll enjoy equally, if not more. 
for how it completes that arc. So a lot to look forward to, I think. Um, I think overall there's just a sense of we want to see 1984 even more now because it's only a question of how much it ties to that beginning and how much it can maybe hint towards what that third movie would be like. Now, thankfully, there is still one more movie news topic available for us uh, in this category. And that has to do with the fact that uh, Dwayne Johnson, Mr. Black Adam himself, has offered up a special DC fandom teaser. Fandom has, of course, been putting out its own teasers. And more recently, there's been one that streams all the different names of those who will be appearing. This one had a bit of a twist to it, but I'm going to let Brad and Steve tell you about those parts and their reactions. Brad, I'm going to start with you first, my friend. You know, I I just love how um, into this whole project uh, doing The Rock Johnson is. I mean, I, that his enthusiasm is so much that it makes me enthusiastic, more enthusiastic than I already would be. Um, I just love how much he loves this character and is excited to show people and get people excited about it. So, um, I, and I, I'm, I'm assuming that little, like little, that tiny flash of a picture we got it of black Adam means that we might get some, some footage. So that would be really cool. And it also, not only does it make me more excited for black Adam movie, but it makes me for more excited for fandom. So yeah, that's, that's, um, yeah, I can't wait. Steve. If you smell what Black Adam's cooking, oh, <laughs> baby, um, just a flash, just a snippet, just a lightning, just a shadowy figure standing there. Brad, oh, I pray you're right. I pray we get some footage, some teasers, some some kind of more fuel to throw on this barbecue of deliciousness that the Black Adam movie is going to be. And like you said, he is such a cool guy. He is so into the project. He clearly has a lot of love and affinity for the character. So the fact that he's made his own little trailer to add to the end of the fandom trailer that we've got, and he's going to be involved. I mean, mean, who isn't going to be involved? That list is mind-blowing. Yep, I've already told my wife that, um, listen, love, you're going to have to divorce me that day. Um, I'm going to be on New York time. I'm going to be wired up like neo in the matrix to fandom and wild horses could not pull me away shazam seth what do you (laughs) you know if i hear that a few more times i might be tempted to change my name to shazam seth i I might no i won't i won't i can't no what um (laughs) this was a great little sort of twist on the original tease and man I, I was struck by everything you guys were saying. Just the idea that Brad, as you mentioned, and lightning. <laughs> indeed, indeed, uh, Brad, as you mentioned, the idea that we could maybe see some glimpse of footage is—I mean, that's tantalizing. That's that's like you know, that's a medium rare steak, perfectly cooked, fresh from the grill, just resting, just waiting for you to know that the time is right to take a cut and have that first bite oh man that's a possibility and steve i can clearly smell what dwayne johnson black adam is cooking and i i love his enthusiasm as brad mentioned the desire to you know create his own little twist and 
keep this fire alive that for 10 strong years now this guy's just been in it and committed um, and he knows how to build characters and story from his time in the WW. Oh goodness, it's the E now, but I feel like he started in it before Both. that. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the, the ability to have such a lasting legacy, and and then to turn around and do so many great projects since, where you know he understands so much comedic timing, and for some reason it seems like all the best. Uh, actors who understand comedic timing also understand, you know, depth and tragedy and, and grief and sorrow, which is going to be so perfect for this character. I love this tease. I, I have to be honest, there's a part of me that feels like it's a, a tease upon a tease, that the environment almost makes it appear that he's Black Adam. But while you guys were talking, I pulled it up on my phone and I watched it again. And I feel like it's just him in uh, archaeologist uh, safari-like clothing, loose pants, loose shirt. And it's going to be a message from him uh, in one way, just showing like maybe uh, one of the location settings where they shot or were shooting or, or something like that that'll build on it. Um, and and then maybe there could be this other flash. But as I was looking at it, I thought, OK, so I, I didn't see a costume. And I, I wonder then what could be revealed if you're not wearing the costume. What other yeah. thing could be revealed, right? So location or something else. Brad, sorry, you were going to say something? Well, no, I was saying that, yeah, I might have jumped the gun on that one. I'm not realizing the whole how far it was into production. So, yeah, I don't know about any footage, but you could be right about a location. Or I, I think we'd be far enough to see kind of exactly what the costumes are going to look like, at least like a first look, you know. Like sure. you on EW. Yeah, uh, could you imagine him like introducing it? <laughs> yeah, I think that we could that definitely be... have that much at least. Yeah, even if there was like a fitting photo or a artist rendition or something. Yeah, I, I I'm curious to see, but but you've opened the scope of hope, my friend. You've done that. Yeah. In doing so, the realm of possibility exists in which he could suddenly be like, you know, a. a a flash of lightning and he's wearing the costume and a flash of lightning and it's gone. And he's like, did you see it? Well, stick around. It's come. You know what I mean? Like who knows yes. how much they can play on this because first is going to be the feeling of like, ah, oh, it'd be cool if he was in his costume. Now, if you can build on that anticipation in some way and, and make it, wow. Yeah. Huge, huge potential. Um, <laughs> and I, I love the fact that for this movie, that's all it takes to get the excitement going. You know what I mean? It, yeah, <laughs> you can already smell that that hint of uh, of smoky flavor that The Rock is cooking, as <laughs> as uh, Mr. Steve J. Ray pointed out so well. A good friend, you are you are the perfect one to set me up when it comes to great stories like this. Now, movies is where we started, but there are more great stories as we continue on into our TV and streaming news. And one that I am happy to share with you and to hear great feedback from Brad and Steve about is the fact that there is a new promotion right now and it's featuring CW superheroes. And the message is relatively simple. It says that real superheroes wear masks. Brad, I'm going to go ahead and start out with you, my friend. Yeah, these heads look great. Um, they make a lot of sense. Like you said, Seth, they are simple and to the point. Uh, superheroes wear masks, so it's a, it, it makes perfect sense that they would want to do ads like this. And people wear the mask. Come on, just wear the mask. You shouldn't have to rely on Superman or Supergirl to tell you to wear the mask. You should be wearing the mask. Come on. Uh, Steve? 
What do you think? People, listen to the man. He knows style. He knows fashion. <laughs> he knows what's good for you. When Brad speaks, you listen. Superman does look good in a mask. Supergirl does look good in a mask. All the others have masks, but now they're face-covering masks that keep them safe and healthy and even more superheroic. Listen to Brad. Brad is wise. Um, yes, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what can I add to that? Um, perfect. The real heroes out there. The healthcare workers, the, the the people who work with the fire department, the, the people who put their lives on the line every single day for us without superpowers. Um, they are real he- heroes. And to see the four colour heroes that we love so much um, following their lead and, and doing that on honestly some really cool ass posters. It just makes me happy. And like Brad said, just wear the damn mask, people. It's going to keep you safe. It's going to keep those around you safe. And for those who still don't get it, think of it this way. If you're all walking around naked and someone decides to pee, you're going to get covered in pee. If you are wearing pants, you'll only get some of the pee. If the person who's peeing is wearing pants, all the pee will go on him. Yep. That's how it works with the mask, folks. So wear the mask. Sorry about all that pee talk, but listen, <laughs> it's just getting on my nerves and it's beepsing me off. So, Seth, save us all. <laughs> I will by distracting all of us with the fact that how cool does Bebo look in a mask? Seriously. How cool Hell is, yeah. Yeah, just going to say, look up Bebo mask. It, it, <laughs> just remember, you know, B-E-E-B-O. You're, you're fine after that. But look up Bebo. And that fight stance? I mean, I'm sorry, but there's something kind of savage about that guy. He's got the killer look <laughs> in the eye. He's kind of towering over the mountaintops. <laughs> look, folks, if someone is gigantic, uh, larger than life even, uh, like Bebo knows, put on the mask, put on the mask. Um, it, it was, you know, <laughs> it was a fairly simple idea in the beginning. It should be even more simple now. Uh, just about everybody's gotten on board. You know, some people were slower than others, but they eventually got there because this is important. It's life and death. And if nothing else, just put it in the context of P as well, Steve so eloquently just did. And, I think even in a visual sense without, you know, too far. But whatever context you need to consider it in, look, if superheroes would help you figure it out, great. If you already figured it out, great. If you like looking at superheroes wearing masks, well, do a search real quick. It's on the sci-fi website. Uh, You're going to love these images. You're going to love these pictures. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure what else to tell you. Exactly. Yeah, like, you know, man, you're fine. Just put on the mask, follow the superheroes. Everything's going to be gravy after that. Ooh, gravy. I like stuff with gravy. Anybody else with me on that? Am I alone? Can't go wrong with gravy. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to keep pouring it on thick, just like the best kind of gravy, and keeping us moving along into our TV and streaming news. Now, the plot sometimes thickens 
when there are situations like the most recent announcement that Flash Season 7 won't be filming until an industry debate taking place near the filming locations and affecting more than just Flash Season 7 comes to a resolution. Brad, what do you think about this story and its impact on not only Flash but other productions? Uh, look, I'm going to be uh, glasses half full on this one as well. I'm, I'm going to be Mr. Hopeful today. Um, as annoying as it is for everyone right now, fans, people in the crew, people in the unions, just everybody, this is, this is a seriously frustrating situation. But if we can use this moment to figure things like this out between, you know, the different unions and the testing, uh, how often this could be a way if cooler heads can prevail, this could be a way for uh, productions to move forward. If they can come to some kind of agreement that works for everyone. And this is, could be an example of the new normal raising its head as we try to adjust to living with this virus for the time being. Um, I, you know, I, I just hope that they can come to some kind of agreement with the testing that can get the production moving as soon as possible so that we can get the premiere in January. But, you know, it, it's kind of in their hands now. And I hope that, you know, maybe we'll see something good come out of these, this conflict now. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Steve, what do you think? We're positive people. Um, so, yeah, if it's delayed, it's delayed for the right reasons. I mean, how often, guys, have we talked about comic books being delayed and not had a reason at all? This is a valid, strong reason. Keep the actors safe. Keep them healthy. Keep the production teams. Keep everyone, you know, protected from, from this from this virus i mean it's great that they're filming in canada because they've done things right from day one uh, their rates of, of infection are low um but listen follow the rules do it right as like brad said before wear the mask and let's get this show done safely and then we can all rest assured that we'll get a full season it won't be cut short and everyone will do so in a way that promises further seasons further down the line so Again, yeah, well said, Brad. Let's be glasses half full. Let's be positive. At least we know the shows are coming. So they might be a few weeks late. Hey, I'd rather have that than hear about some of our favourite actors and some of our favourite talents getting ill and not being able to work at all. So good call, uh, CW production team. I'm behind you. Yeah, and not even keeping people safe, but we could we could come to uh, a point where we have really clear and distinct rules on how to continue on with production so we don't have to worry about them shutting down they can be Absolutely. tested at the right time and that could be positive for movie productions tv productions everything so uh i'm just mr hopeful today but hopefully that will come out of this as i said brad is wise listen yeah. to brad seth brad is wise listen to brad steve is wise listen to steve Seth <clears throat> yeah. is his own mystery. Lee, listen to him with a grain of salt. But, you know, for the most part, he's going to be the hopeful guy. So uh, <laughs> always consider that. Uh, the wisdom that's been reflected is very clear. And, you know, Brad, I, I loved what you were just following up with there on the idea that 
this is actually a really important moment that could prove to be a, a test case. You know, the, the discussion that appears to be at the heart of it, uh, when you look more at this story, is that Vancouver has had such low rates that they're not sure that they need to follow such stringent tests and testing frequency that Hollywood uh, union members would like. And yet, I'm sort of struck by that because I would imagine if you're in an area that's been relatively low and you're bringing in a, a population that's had actually a relatively high. I mean, here in California, the numbers have gotten pretty bad. And with that consideration, I would think you would want to err more on the side of more protection, at least until a certain couple of week period has passed when maybe you can sort of... Uh, have a greater degree of certainty about who's come over and what their test results were and whether or not the overall group is is still going to have that same degree of safety, which should be the main focus and point of operation. But I do think it's really valuable that once this decision is reached, it could really be um, a proving ground that other groups, productions can use as a basis for how they choose to implement testing and other safety measures when it comes to their production. So, you know, Brad, there's good reason to be optimistic. <laughs> this is one of those stories where a lot of good things could come out of it. I mean, the, the idea that things are being delayed doesn't start you off on the positive note. And yet at the same time, it's like, well, if we do this the right way, this could be the way to uh, have some firm footing. And in a time of uncertainty, I would imagine that's really valuable for any production. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued uh, overall by the fact that once this is done, we can have that degree of, uh, of certainty. Um, now, one of the things that's always kind of uncertain is the future. But apparently... The future is not a mystery to all of us, especially if your name happens to be Dreamer and you're a superhero on Supergirl and you're pretty cool. If you are, then perhaps the future holds some insight. But I'm more curious about the insight from Brad and Steve about our, our next story and how Flash and Supergirl stars are looking to the future. Brad, starting with you, my friend. Uh, yeah, I like these I like these pictures i like uh how they uh integrate the um the comic character into it as well and that's a cool uh cool effect and i think that i kind of agree with the article when they say that this might be some kind of marketing push for fandom and i wouldn't be surprised if we see more characters in this kind of in the same vein with these kind of ads be cool to see like some from star girl and black lightning and all the other different shows we have out there um yeah i, I like them and it does give little little teasers to what we have to look forward to even if we have to wait a little while for it so um i guess any kind of cool clips or pictures from these shows is cool since we don't necessarily exactly know when we're going to actually get to see them so it's kind of a little cool little fan service to show us these things and, and in the end, it also makes me more excited for fandom. Steve, what do you think? Absolutely. Excitement for fandom is actually really, really, really building. Um, that guest list was fantastic. And when you get the 
quality of poster that you see here like you said brad they're gorgeous you've got the full characters as played by the actors on the shows but then framed in comic book color and comic book style the characters they're based on and it's lovely i mean they're so good that i'm going to actually download these posters and have them as like little phone wallpapers for a while on rotation they're great and we don't know much about what's coming in the following season we've already heard earlier today on this show that you know there's going to be some delays but stuff like this keeps the excitement high keeps the shows in the uh, eyes of the audience and if we get more cool stuff about them at this amazing event which i am literally counting down the minutes for fantastic absolutely brilliant cannot wait what do you make of it all seth great posters aren't they oh they're absolutely gorgeous i love the uh, really intelligent usage and and great visual styling of using that comic book background that you and brad were both pointing out now i'm going to defer of course to the fact that one steve has a greater depth of comic book knowledge than i do and brad has a greater understanding of comic book fashion than i do wait for the podcast he's going to tell you all about it folks However, um, I do know that when they're telling me something and I'm looking at it and my brain's already like nodding in agreement, then all I have to do is like transmit, you know, the neural signals so that I can, oh, hey, look, information received, head nodding physically. These are gorgeous. And I loved also that they embedded this great little Twitter post from uh, Nicole Maines saying the future is clear she's seen the future supergirl season six is coming 2021 like this this just it's it's a perfect teaser and if the story is correct and the idea is that it's building up for um more to come at the dc fandom well then folks stick with us we will be talking about that exciting project coming up soon these are uh, a really great way to keep us excited about that story that's on its way because yeah this is these are some cool things and the backgrounds man there's that feeling overall that you're thinking huh so uh how how do you put me in one of those backgrounds right can i just (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i want that background now i want to do what steve was saying except now i want to make that wallpaper like you know you stand in front of one of the camera you you do the arms folded Yeah, I would see, but I I rely on those who are much more tech savvy than I am. Um, But yes, all of all of those things. And well, like I said, there's part of me that just wants to be in the comic, right? Just come on, drop me in like background. These guys got to and they looked really cool. And, uh, you know, the great thing about cool characters is when you find out that they showed up for a short time. And they're actually going to stick around a little bit longer than that, which actually applies to our next story and the announcement that DC's Legends of Tomorrow has confirmed a major returning character in season six. If you were fans of Astrologue before, well, get ready. She's coming back and for a more regular set of appearances. Brad, what do you think about this story? Oh, you know, I wish I had more to to offer as far as the stories go because i'm a little bit behind in legends of tomorrow or a lot behind so that's all right man Still you know you. i um all i can say i mean i i feel happy for the actress that she's now a regular um 
and you know, the more that we talk about this show on this podcast, the more I know that I have to get back in and catch up on it. But I've, I've been trying to watch as much as I can on DC Universe uh, at the moment. So that's that's taken a little bit of the priority. But um, yeah, and I'm also glad to see that John Constantine looks like he'll be coming back uh, this season as well. So uh, yeah, Steve, what, what do you think? Oh, Brad, 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 Brad. I know you, my brother, and you, like me, are a fan of Vertigo. And you, like me, are a fan of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing and uh, John Constantine's Hellblazer. Astrologue. Lose the surname. Astra is the little girl that John Constant that was John Constantine's first and biggest failure. Remember the haunting at Newcastle? That whole story um, that for years yeah, and years yeah, yeah. and years we wondered what was in Constantine's past. That's Astra. Yeah. All oh. grown up. So oh, okay. that think of that mind. story. There, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. Think of that story. Think of good old Johnny Boy Constantine. Think about um, the fact that Matt Ryan is just killing it as the character, but also that this show can throw in time travel and horror and comedy and being trapped in TV land. And it's literally just like a PG version of Doom Patrol. It's wild. It's wacky. It's irreverent. It doesn't really care. It can be a superhero show one week, a zombie Western the next, and it works in every way. So um, honestly, don't expect high art. Don't expect the kind of drama and quality you get from uh, the DC Universe shows, but do expect to watch every week and really have a great time throw suspension of disbelief out of the window and just enjoy it and uh, once you get back into it you'll think oh damn why didn't i watch this forever bebo bebo even without the mask you gigantic gorgeous blue ball of fluff you um plus the fact sarah lance uh, and everything else that goes with it yeah legends of tomorrow i am fan what about you seth Huge, unabashed, rabidly loyal fan. I mean, in, in, in probably an unpl- no, I'm 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 actually really quite nice about it all and genteel. I just wanted to see more, <sighs> but I'm not. So the fact that I am simply unabashed, it. Yes, Brad. Whenever you get free time, like to sacrifice a weekend, call in sick for a week, whatever. Like <laughs> you know, do 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 you. Do the thing that works for you. But, man, this show, Bebo, Bebo <laughs> is just one of those great examples of the fact that they have given the writers on this the freedom to go wild. And every once in a while, they do almost stumble upon high art. But then somehow they're either too drunk or too much of just themselves for it to really sustain. But the, the beauty of the show is just absolute wonder and excitement it's the place that i got to watch the hawks carry over their storyline and along the way one of the best elements for me has been you know this idea of what happened to astra how did time change from from that great uh just horrifying tragedy and and what has her existence been since she's been hell well in this idea she's grown up and she's become quite nasty and and she's learned how to survive and, and thrive. And yet there was always this part of her that, that was capable of more. And, and the way they've developed it in the show has been 
wonderful. I highly recommend, and I'm intrigued by the fact that we get to see her come back. Um, and, and also because of the great tension of the fact that at any point, any one of those stories, you can always bring up the fact that there's still going to be a degree of, hey, you put me in hell. <laughs> Like some things just don't go away easily mm-hmm. and how that tension, right? And how that tension can continue to play out in future episodes. And also that there can be an opportunity for some, you know, resolution and for, I'm sure, some more necessary healing. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm only going to say, Brad, because you, you know, know the value of Astra as it relates to John Constantine and as Steve was describing it you're going to really love this take and and how you get a chance to just see so much more of John being John and also who Astor became and and how much John's willing to do in order to try and save her. Like, it's just, you know, it almost takes on like a holy grail kind of scope. But it's it's also like a really powerful testament to love. And in those moments, that's where you're like, hey, check you guys out, you know, brushing up against high art and everything there slapstick guys this is the show that has puppets as a recurring theme and yet i oh, still yes. right and i love and adore it and it's it's also a chance to hear some people maybe you haven't sing edelweiss and, and a few other wonderful yeah moments. it seems like this show really needs a musical episode too it seems like it would be right in line with the tone it would oh. work oh yeah. yeah oh oh without <laughs> <laughs> Without question, you don't even got to be, you know, a music guy and you could just do a musical and, and make it. But yeah, I agree, man. That would uh, it would be a good one. So in the meantime, you have Astrolog to look forward to. And should there be a window of opportunity, some Legends of Tomorrow to catch up on. If you're not keeping up with Legends of Tomorrow, I've done all of my uh, pitching and poaching and promoting for anyone else out there. But uh those are my reasons. I'm sure you have others. If you are, we'd love to hear them. Let us know. However, now that we've got Brad, one tiny thing. Oh, sorry, Seth. Yeah. Brad, they've, they've already done Woodstock with killer unicorns. So musical episode. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> nice. And I mean, really, yeah. Like if you're going to interrupt me, Steve, Come on, Woodstock with killer unicorns. How could I ever get mad about that story? Like, uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, there's some beautiful stuff. Brad, did you just out of curiosity, did you watch any of it? Have you watched any of the season? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I think I'm like mid third season. Oh yeah, yeah. You have some. There's a. I I know that um, I missed a lot. That's okay, man. That's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and, and it's not that I don't. I mean, I, I really liked what I had seen in the other two seasons. It's just that life and busy. Right? You know, we all know there's so much, so much stuff that comes out, and things just get out of necessity, pushed I'm back, so and things right. like that. Yeah, you know, it's just hard. But I mean, that's definitely one of those ones that's on the closer top of my list to get caught up with. Righteous, gotcha. Hey, and I agree, it's an embarrassment of riches. Like, there's, there's, yeah. every time we turn around and talk about this stuff, I'm like, okay, so how do I figure out how to either make time to watch this, buy this, make the money to buy? <laughs> I'm always we negotiating with up, my it life. It was the Hulk TV show, and that was it. Now we've got, like... you know, I, I think about, <sighs> I think about that, and it makes me realize 
how lucky that yeah. this pandemic happened when it did, because now it's so much easier, so many more choices to be entertained when you have to be at home than there were <laughs> back uh, back in the day. So if it was going to happen at any point, I guess now's the time. Right, right. <laughs> back in the day, it was sit in the garden and throw twigs for the dog to catch that's all we have to do now we have eight million superhero or comic book related shows to watch and not enough time to watch them (laughs) exactly that's a good problem to have (laughs) yeah uh hey and another good problem to have is that that's only halfway through all of our great news stories we still have another slew coming your way related to comic book news and other news but we also got to take ad breaks. This is going to be the time we're going to do it. And as soon as we're done, like I said, we've got comic book news, other news coming your way. More to talk about, lots to talk through. Thanks for sticking around and enjoy all these little tidbits about everything coming your way from DC Comics News. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the spinner rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by... The guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** 
with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Past. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And just like that, we are back. Thanks for your patience. We appreciate it. You hopefully caught up on all the excitement that's coming your way and you can look forward to. But we also still have a little bit we want to chat about here. As I mentioned, we've got comic book news and other coming up. We're going to go ahead and start things off with the announcement that, well... If you enjoyed some of those dark multiverse stories that came out a little while back, I'm talking about maybe Death of Superman or something similar, well, you have something to look forward to. Both Hush and Flashpoint will now be getting the DC dark multiverse treatment, as this story refers to it. And the developments, uh, well, I think they have to be read and discussed to actually sort of be, you know, digested. Thankfully, I've got two amazing people to help me break it down. I'm going to start off with Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, how about you, my friend? You know, I, these are fun stories. I like the I like the original couple of, you know, the, the original stories that we got. Um, and I was kind of surprised that Flashpoint 1 wasn't one of those original. So I was glad to see that one of the ones that and Hush are um, going to be the ones that are dealt with now and i wonder also if we're gonna get some more of these uh through other like classic stories of of uh of over the years like a dark multiverse flash of two worlds or you know something cool like that so yeah i think mm. i'll i think i'll pick like legends or invasion i'm with you yeah, like i want to see one of those big crossovers like millennium or you know something like that yeah it would be yeah that would be fun too Nice. You always thought that invasion was kind of underrated, so yeah, bringing that up, that's like, oh yeah, man, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, what do you think? Oh, the ideas you just planted in my already overripe brain, brothers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, last year's ones were great. I mean, when we got Nightfall, I was already in fanboy heaven, and then we got the others as well. And now seeing that one of my favourites, Hush, is getting the treatment, and of course, yeah, Flashpoint, that's what led to New 52 and, and to Rebirth. So extremely exciting. But then when you think Crisis on Infinite Earths, Final Crisis, Legends, um, Invasion, uh, Millennium, uh, the zero hour all of that kind of stuff oh baby baby i'm excited um yeah looking forward to that and uh seeing alternate histories and alternate pasts and futures for the characters we know so so well and love so much is always a treat and when you get this excellent dark multiverse treatment where we've already seen the batman who laughs and a batman who was doomsday or green lantern or aquaman or the flash and all the others a punisher style batman and now if you're reading dark knight's death metal um dr batman hatton i mean what the so exciting so very very exciting so hush flashpoint yeah, that's more money I haven't got that I'll be spending on more comics I don't need, really need, but 
really, really, really want. <laughs> Seth, what about you, brother? You know, I, 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 I have made a moral uh, agreement with myself about want and need. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm always doing it the right way, but it's the one that works I'm for me. You. So, see, right? Like, my justifications are my justifications, and, you know, uh, that, that's all I got to say about that. No, this this is I I love the idea of taking a story, just giving it that twist. And the examples you guys pointed out, um, you know, Steve with Nightfall and then, of course, just how we were talking about other storylines that could that could really have some fun with this treatment. I also thought about what about some of those crossovers that weren't very good that could actually be better? Uh, I remember the Bloodlines one where it was like aliens were attacking and certain people they attacked ended up with powers because they weren't killed. They were just like, I don't know, like their metagene got activated. Um, There could be more than a few others. Uh, The first introduction of Wave Rider and how dark we could take that that concept with the Armageddon story. Uh, Yeah. And then the big ones. You know, what would happen if Invasion went the other way, if Legends went the other way, if Final Crisis went the other way? Wow. This could be uh, some pretty exciting stuff, so I love that we're returning to that. It reminds me of those great uh, Elseworld stories, which just introduced this idea of what if the stories we love had a little bit of a twist. And, man, the concepts that they hint at in these, uh, <laughs> Batman the Silenced? Um Sounds pretty wicked to me. Sounds like the one I don't want to run into. And uh, everything else about these announcements is just a, a really great celebration. And, man, considering just how dark things could have gone in Flashpoint in a dark multiverse setting and what would have spun out of it that's, like, the antithesis of of the new 52. Oh, <laughs> what a creepy idea, right? Like how badly oh, yeah. can you twist it up? Um, there's a lot of excitement to be had. And the great thing is, stories like this, it's just the first one in our comic book category. In fact, our next one should be one that's, I think, going to be pretty exciting for anyone who's enjoyed the Harley Quinn black, white, and red. And who's been a fan of how these stories have, have really given so many opportunities for how to view Harley Quinn and the world that she exists within and and how she actually sees it for herself. With that announcement, we have not only the addition of some new creators, but also Poison Ivy guest starring, co-starring in two upcoming chapters of this series. Brad, what'd you think about this announcement and uh, the developments? Yeah, um, this... I've said it before, and this is just another thing that reiterates this to me, is just one of the great things about being a DC fan right now is just how much fun they're having with their characters. It's like all bets are off. Anything's possible. And the whole black black and white idea is perfect for this. And I just – I love this image that they shared of her with, um, with that machete. Uh, definitely feels like a fresh take on the character, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. And the description of these stories are pretty fun too. Um, when you know some people burn their ex's belongings, 
and has a way of putting their past behind them. Uh, when Harley Quinn does it, she takes the whole apartment building with her. And then, I mean, come on, of course she would. It just sounds like it. it sounds like it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's matches yeah. in gasoline. There's only one yeah. way this goes. <laughs> and she looks like she's going to be fighting Poison Ivy in this story. So, yeah, I think, yeah, these, these are going to be these are going to be fun. Steve? I just wish that um, we got the digital first comics the same way we do the, the paper ones, that DC would send them to us before they were released so we could review them. They always give us like the first two or three issues and then leave it to us because poor old Kendra uh, reviewed the first two and she raved about them. Obviously she's a massive, massive Harley Quinn fan and so much so that she's actually subscribed and she's getting the digital firsts just so she can read them and then she's going to try and uh, catch up with the reviews on those as well uh, because that's how good these stories are and the fact that that visual there's always something I've loved uh, about black and white and then when you just add that splash of color that that deep red um, it, it evokes memories as as different as Schindler's List to Batman Beyond and his black and red costume it just works and when you read that first wonderful story by Stepan Sedgwick where you've got Harley Quinn talking about her mind and her psychosis and whatever else and all she answers is red and everyone's saying well what is this red what does it mean and at the end it literally is the red of Poison Ivy's hair it's just brilliant it, it allows for some great stories the talents and the writers and artists they've just announced for the second wave of, of stories means that these 14 issues are going to be amazing. Um, I cannot wait to get them in print form, but I am enjoying them digitally because they're great. They're just really, really good fun. So, yeah, I'm excited. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. What about you, Seth? I love a black and white story that's done so artistically that, you you find yourself forgetting that it's black and white and finding yourself looking for those gray layers that exist which you tell yourself it's a black and white story how can that be possible and yet that's that's the best thing about it it introduces more than just two primary colors but then you have this splash of of red for attention steve you're right that first story that came out was gorgeous and the way they eventually tied it to poison ivy's hair was masterful and it was just this this beautiful idea about what what can um, an infatuation, obsession, desire look like. And red sounds so simple in one context, but then when it's shown to be the color of someone's hair, it 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 adds so many layers and then it makes you look back at all the things that came before so differently. And it's a beautiful example. Um, I think the series is only going to benefit from amazing art by uh, Marguerite Sauvage or well, overall, this amazing collection that has – I love also these combinations like they mentioned with Danny where it's a writer-artist doing the series, you know, doing that chapter, which has been a, a great example, as you pointed out, with the Stepan Sejic. Um, I think that there's something amazing that I've, – I've seen this in a few other books recently, and there's something about that, that combination where – they're already having the conversation in their own head. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going <laughs> to. It's not a communication from one to the other. So it's it's always amazing to compare when there's a communication between two people that seems so seamless. And then there's one that's being uh, created by someone who is both the writer and the artist. And, and what that can look like where 
it feels as though it's the same conversation that you would expect from two people, but it's it's displayed in a way that shows a a deeper intuition. It it really is a, an exciting thing to look forward to both of these, the inclusion of Poison Ivy, their friendship, uh, the subway that becomes a ship, uh, what you do in order to prove to someone that you're actually not as messed up as uh, you sometimes act. <laughs> these are all great things to uh, look forward to when it comes to this series. And I've really been a fan of everything they've done so far. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do next. And I keep in mind the fact that they're not alone. We have uh, a little bit of news coming out now about Injustice Year Zero prequel that we had touched on a little bit before. But now we've got more about the Injustice uh, series and even a quick sneak peek at uh, an interview and some art. Uh, a lot to absorb, a lot to digest. What are the parts that stuck out for you, Brad? I am thrilled that it's going to be a 14-part series. So that should give him, you know, Tom Taylor, some time to really delve into these characters. And I, I just love the idea of the Justice Society getting the injustice treatment as uh, as well. Uh, it's it's just a credit to Tom Taylor that this that a video game adaptation could have. S- so be so good that it's leading to uh, a prequel because that's just not supposed to happen and that's all thanks to tom taylor um the injustice comics were just great and i'm glad he's going back to that world and i can't wait to see his take on these on these old characters so yeah i i I can't wait and i'm glad it's not going to be like six issues or something like that it's going to be a whole 14 part uh series so uh, steve what do you think Absolutely. Tom Taylor's Injustice, um, which is how, how I learned about the writer, how I got into his work and have been a huge fan ever since. Uh, those stories were just fantastic. They didn't just um, adapt or uh, dwell on the, the actual game. They built a whole universe of stories and characters that live on forever. I mean, I honestly think that in some ways, even though a lot of characters died horrible deaths and lived lives that honestly were shocking compared to how we knew the characters from standard continuity, they still came out the ultimate versions of themselves. The thing Tom Taylor does brilliantly, better than a lot of other writers, is he can dissect these characters and often show them in really strange, dark or difficult lights. But actually highlight the, the magnificence that made them great for in some cases eight decades plus now the fact that he's so hopeful and positive and, and this interview with him is terrific saying that yeah this series is going to be all about these characters at their heroic best at their shining lights of positivity before the darkness we already know it coming because obviously yes this is a prequel we know how these characters end up but we're going to see his versions of the world's finest team of superman and batman working together in perfect harmony and like you said brad we're going to see his version of the justice society that already has me beyond excited and like you say 14 issues is nice he can really give us a story with a beginning a middle and an end ready to lead into 
possibly further prequels but if this is where he's starting there's literally years before we see the superman that murders the joker and becomes a dictator and like he said in the interview as well we'll find out why joker targeted him and lois in the first place which is something i've wanted to read about from the very very beginning tom taylor you're killing it with deceased you already blew our minds with injustice now you're doing both at the same time hmm where can i rob a bank and not get thrown in jail for it seth we're going to go ahead and continue the answer to that question in a private chat. For those of you looking to be a part of that discussion, we're sorry. Due to federal law, you cannot. Steve, we'll talk more soon. I uh, I like the idea of... Uh, <laughs> I knew you were with me on that one. I like the idea of the reasoning behind why he did this. You know, injustice was the first thing that brought... Uh, attention my attention to Tom Taylor and everything that I've seen since has uh, really been a great example from him of of how you can show sort of you know the end of everything of, of all this downfall and all of the amazing things that can be experienced during heartache tragedy suffering loss and how there was always this plot hole for him missing about how did things get to the point where Superman is targeted by Joker and then takes Joker's life, which sets off the events of injustice. And also, though, I, I like the fact that he's saying, yeah, after 150 chapters, after five years, people can be surprised by the fact that they're going to see a lot of hope, a lot of genuine heroics, um, and that this series isn't going to be morally gray, that this year zero idea is, is going to be... Um, the things that we've come to know and love about Superman and Batman, and as he calls it, the peak of their their friendship and their relationship. Everyone's sort of united in a shining example. And then, well, things aren't going to work out well, and there's going to be challenges along the way. But getting a chance to showcase that, and again, Brad, as you said, shining a light on the uh, Justice Society, that's a... <laughs> That's a really great thing for me. Uh, I love the Justice Society. I love every time that they're given a chance to show us why they were these first versions of heroes that, for me, are so exciting. And why, you know, when I want to talk about a good story, it's like, man, let's let's talk about some of our favorite moments from those guys. Because there was a, a classic quality to them that felt so timeless and, and still does. I... I'm thrilled by the fact we're getting hints of them in Stargirl. I, I love the idea of getting a chance to see them in this series. And overall, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to, you know, sort of see how much of this is, as Steve pointed out, covered and how many years we have available to potentially enjoy this really glorious time before things got <clears throat> a little bit darker. Speaking of darker... Uh, with the recent release of uh, Dark Knights, Death Metal Legends of the Dark Knights number one, there's been a preview available online, which is interesting considering that if you have made sure that you're subscribed DC Comics News Podcast Network, you know that we recently had the chance to sit down with Scott Steider and get his thoughts on the, uh, the vision that he's creating. This uh, book contains a, a huge selection of of stories and gives you a lot of insights into some of the things Steve was just talking about a few minutes ago 
And uh, other ideas like where exactly did that Batman Tyrannosaurus Rex come from? Brad, what was your take on this story, given everything we learned from Scott and also uh, everything that we can learn from this issue? You had me at Garth Ennis writes Baby Batman. That's all, that's all I <laughs> oh, need to. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that's all I need to to uh, want to pick this up. Um, <laughs> these these stories are going to be completely insane, uh, as is Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, you know, and I, as far as this conversation with Scott, um, you know, he, he obviously he's just pulling out all stops, and it's he's making this story as big and crazy as possible before he kind of goes and does his, his creator own stuff for a bit. And he's given these writers so much stuff to work with. I'm sure that they're going to have a lot of fun writing these stories and, you know, and I think that that's going to show on the page. So yeah, this should be a, this should be a good read. Steve. Yeah. I'm um, reviewing all the, death metal books for dark knight news and i'm loving every second i read this in review this last week and the origin stories particularly of uh, dr batman hatton and um uh, the monster truck batman the batmobile and the batmanosaurus rex it's, it's just fantastic but then you get that garth ennis story at the end and i, I know you're as huge a garth ennis fan as i am and a great uh, podcast on preacher by the way brad loved it it was great um yeah this is wild and wacky brilliance scott snyder's imagination seriously wow it's ideas and guys um listen to the interview that the guys and and i managed to to get with with scott snyder thanks to joshua raynor editor-in-chief thanks josh you are a g for setting that up because it's a fantastic interview he's a lovely lovely man and we've got obviously death metal three um in our files ready because it's out on on tuesday so i'm reading that and reviewing that as well so and it is good death metal honestly i didn't think anything could top the crazy and the far out wacky golden age mixed with the hammer horror brilliance of the original dark knights metal but it's there i mean having wonder woman uh, tear apart her invisible plane to make an invisible chainsaw powered by her golden lasso to kill the batman who laughs but he ain't dead because they never really die in comics do they um I'm not going to spoil anything else because that's just the very beginning. And issue three is out on Tuesday. Buy it because Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo and all their collaborators are delivering comics entertainment at its finest. Baby Batman, whose greatest power is to cry. (laughs) Seth, what do you think of this stuff? Uh, I love this. I actually featured this one on my most recent episode of The Spinner Wreck. It it was such a delight to share. And then, of course, the challenge was that once I read through, you know, a couple of the writers and artists, I was like, look, there's just too many names on here. I'm not going to just bore you to death for five minutes of me reading every title, artist, writer, penciler, letter. You know what I mean? I got to give them all. So I'm just going to say, look. These are the stories. These are what you can look forward to. And uh, that opening story, though, man, I I swear with the Batman who laughs and what he is now capable of. I mean, and what he's become. 
the fact that he's no longer the Batman who laughs and and what he is now and how horrifying <laughs> like you're just like oh talk about the ultimate power in the ultimate wrong hands Ooh, you know uh, mm-hmm. um but yes everything else that that's along the way um i mean from tyrannosaurus uh rex to castle bat uh you know Batmobeast, <laughs> and baby batman baby batman it is such a beautiful blend of uh, of text, you know, thought as well as uh, the expressions on Baby Batman's face. Like it's such a sweet little concerned, you know, face, and yet also I, I was immediately reminded of just this feeling of uh, confusion and, and some of the emotions. I was thinking of like Kevin Maguire type stuff. You know what I mean? Like the old Justice League, like. Oh God! There's it's just absolutely gorgeous. And yes, as you pointed out, Steve, his greatest power are a pair of some really impressive bat baby lungs. This is a really fun thing. And after having, you know, only God Dennis could have written that. Right. <laughs> and yet you can imagine if you're with Scott and you're having a conversation and pitching it to him, like you've totally got him sold with this for like, Hey, we want to include this with your thing. Or if it's vice versa, or they're just the two of them having a pint and they're like, uh huh. So we got to end this with a little bit of, you know, something else. What do you think Batman's like as a baby? <laughs> and then just go from there. Um, it, this just sounds like really fun. He was such a sweet guy, right? Like he was just like, and it seems like based on his conversation, our conversation with him, it seems like that's exactly how these things happen. He's like, oh, God, I need a break. Let's have a pint and talk about stories. And then afterwards, he's like, yeah, so two more pints after that. And we had a series and a pitch and we walked out the bar and, you know, had a couple phone calls the next. You know what I mean? Like, that just seems like how this stuff happens, because clearly he's he's reaching, digging through the depths of his mind. And his imagination is just like, uh, yeah, we got more gold down here. You want diamonds, gold, rubies, sapphire? Platinum? I don't know. I mean, we got stuff, man. We got everything you want. Just tell us what you want. We'll just give it to you. And uh, this book is a great example. Steve, I love that teaser. I uh, I have the books in the folder. I'll be looking at them when we hop off. So uh, your excitement is uh, infectious. And I will be... Precious uh, death metals is what he's got in that mind. Precious ooh, death precious metals. Precious death metals. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're going to go ahead and pick up with our last comic-related story for this episode, or at least in our comic book section. Um, But it is, like all the others, a precious gem. Thanks, Steve. I'm having fun today. Thanks, Brad. You guys make this good. The announcement is the fact that, well, we've got some news coming our way about a project that actually we had a chance to hear a little bit about from Cami Garcia herself. And that was kind of a cool thing for me when I was looking at this and going, I remember talking with her about Raven and how she was letting us know that, yeah, you know, not only do I have Raven, but I've got some other books along the way and you should be looking out for Beast Boy. Well, we had the chance to take a look at this collaboration between Cami Garcia and Gabriel Piccolo. And it's the uh, 
new Beast Boy book. It's a great preview. Uh, I'm really intrigued by the fact that there's some some fun ideas to look at. And the way this presents the character, it's a different origin than we might have been expecting. But, man, what I've seen about some of these young adult books and how they can take those origins we know and completely change them and yet make them feel as endearing as the originals. Um, I'm excited and intrigued. Brad, curious to hear your thoughts as well, my friend. Uh, man, uh, this just makes me really wish that I could have participated in that interview. Um, I I really like what she's done with DC, and this is requiring Same. me to to do uh, shift my gears a bit because I'm so used to her right now in the whole black label stuff that she's done. Uh, it's been a little while since I read Raven, but it was it was really good. And Gabriel Piccolo is the perfect artist for these stories and she Kim Garcia has such a, a cool way of capturing kind of using the powers and using the idea of being superhero and kind of using it in metaphors for growing up and being a teenager and things like that but I think that these stories uh, can really resonate uh, with teen readers uh, in in real real ways so uh, you know, I think that this is a win-win for everybody. I think that, you know, even us old comic fans can can find something to love because she is such a good writer. Um, and I, I hope that that she can do all of the the Titans characters. You know, that we'll get a a Robin book, a Starfire, Cyborg, all of that. I think that she could yeah. do it would be amazing. I think she could do really cool takes on all of them. And you know, going back to BookCon in 2019, she had she brought up Beast Boy too, and, and that she might try to do the other Titans. And um, there was such a buzz about Raven at that time that I hope that kind of can, can transfer onto this book and keep that momentum going. That she can keep going and complete like a a book for each of the Titans characters. Steve, what do you think? Everything you just said, and again, I, I really, really am bummed that i missed out being on that interview too because not only is she just the loveliest person to talk to damn can this lady write i mean the fact she can go from the extremes of um joker harley criminal sanity which is as dark and as twisted as you can get i mean we've all mentioned so many times since that none of us will ever look at the trunk of a car the same way again ever <laughs> to writing these amazing young adult graphic novels featuring like i said some of my favorite characters growing up i grew up with marv wolfman and george perez teen titans i grew up watching uh, dick grayson becoming nightwing leaving the trappings of robin behind and, and becoming a man and if this lady can do with beast boy what she did with raven and then just like you said brad do that with all the other Teen Titans as well. Well, damn it, forget about Robin Banks. I'm going to have to break into Fort Knox and take all the gold and do a Simon Peter Gruber from Die Hard 3 and just take all the gold for all the comics. Seth, what am I going to do? I need your tips. Literally, as soon as we get off this podcast, let me know how I can do that without getting arrested because I want all of the stories. Seth. 
And for anyone listening, we're talking about a virtual reality experiment. That's all. We're talking about a virtual reality experiment. There's no way we would attempt anything being described in real life because we know how dangerous <clears throat> and illegal that would be. So for anybody listening, VR. Ooh. VR. Steve, I'll find you later. Um, guys, if there's one thing I can actually recommend, if you get a chance to go back and listen to that interview, um, you're going to notice that they came to her about Raven and she turned around and said, I want to do a book about every Titan. So she actually did actually make a pitch to them that it sounds like they were on. Um, not only that, but, um, you know, she got a chance to sit down. I believe it was with Marv, if I'm remembering correctly, and have a great conversation with her. And if you go back and find that uh, Raven book, she has a picture of herself dressed up as Wonder Woman in a costume that her mom sewed for for Halloween and that apparently she wore faithfully for like three or four years in a row until it was just like falling apart into pieces. Um, this is uh, this is a woman who loves DC characters. And in that interview, it's really interesting to hear her take on, on how she approached writing. It, it's intriguing because she's she's funny in that she loves dialogue. She's like, yeah, I I hate scenery. I hate setting and all that other stuff. I write dialogue. That's what I'm <laughs> That's what I'm great at. Um, and that the fact that here's the crazy thing, and this was, was something I loved about that too, was she said that Gabriel Piccolo apparently was such a huge um, just like workhorse that he would put up almost every day on social media a new drawing. And he was putting up these modern takes of the Titans. And it was that that got the attention of DC. But he was kind of lazy and checking his email, so it took forever <laughs> for him to actually respond. And when they did get in touch with him, he was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, now what do I say after it's been so long and I didn't uh, – it's it's a good interview. It's it's a lot of fun. Kelly was really awesome. I, I was uh, happy to have her on with me and, and – grateful for the opportunity to uh and it was so quick that came like right after our uh, mark guggenheim one so it was just like a back to back yeah i miss that one too man i was bummed about both of those it's okay then again look at the ones you've had a chance to be on since right right yeah and i, so I was going to say too it's like well since then i we've, we've interviewed a lot of uh a lot of amazing talent yeah, we have. And it's been it's it's been a blessing. The, the great thing that I loved about this uh, story, too, was that we got a chance to see some of the elements that are actually described uh, in some of these preview pages. And the fact that it seems like one of the big things about Gar is he's he's still an attention hog. <laughs> he loves the attention. He'll do almost anything to get that attention. But these dares that he's taking on, like eating a spicy pepper not only does it reveal that something's going on with him in his body, right? But then also, uh, if you get some stuff about, <laughs> yeah, about Cammy, one of the other things that's pretty interesting about her is the fact that she she really has an interest in. Um, she's done a few books that have to do with uh, like uh, X Files and things like that, um, and she's got a really interesting grip on um <laughs> like crime scene ideas so she has a, a fun take on like anatomy and these pictures that they've got where it's reacting with his body and you're seeing that chemical exchange and all that like that's that's so much like as soon as i saw it, i was like oh yeah that's exactly <laughs> wasn't her, her her dad or something a 
police officer who worked in forensics. I think she remember her he saying was. something mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, and she, in fact, and she'd wanted to yeah. to get into that with. Um, yeah, with she's got family. a couple famous stories. Go back and listen to him. She's the one who apparently oh, her yeah. dad's favorite way of uh, making her ready for the world is to uh, basically entrap her in some way. So, for example, vehicles made uh, before, like, I think 1978 or 1980, um, they don't have an easy trigger release in the trunk, which now modern cars do. If you get locked in a trunk, there's a switch. It'll let you out. And he would lock her in the trunk and be like, okay, how do you get out? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And his desire was to prepare her for what he saw as a police officer as a pretty violent world. And then that, in turn led her to really get interested in all these different ideas about criminology. Mm. In fact, she was mentioning that that's how she actually got paired up with. Uh, yeah, because, Brad, you'll remind me now that, that we got into this whole thing, that there's a series on Netflix about how um, the FBI got involved into uh, mass murder, serial killer crimes and how they developed a, a group that specifically did that. And she actually worked with one of those two guys who started that program or who were trained by them. And that was one of her mentors on all these crime books she did. It's a really interesting lady. Uh, great interview. I, I feel like I got a little off track there, but <laughs> yeah, it's also just a great reminder of the fact that when we were talking with her, she she mentioned some of this stuff like the Beast Boy book and how she's got a plan for all the Titans. And yeah, I, I I got a little off track there, but this this is a great preview. I, I love what we can look forward to, considering I went all over the place. Has anyone got anything to add about that before we shift gears out of comics and move into our other news? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Field will know better than anybody that it isn't easy being green. <laughs> oh, right. Him and Kermy. Him and him and Kirby, man. They they get it. Like if there's two people in the world, they get it. Uh, So, as I mentioned, that shifts us out of comics. We move into other. And when I'm talking other, it's not like I'm talking about, like, you know, a new pair of Batman socks or something that hit the market. Although, if you hear about that and you want to tell me about it, I won't say no. I won't get mad at you. I'll I'll probably be really excited about that idea. What I am talking about is the fact that we have this great story announcement that Rocksteady Studios has officially announced a Suicide Squad game. Ooh. Ooh. I know a couple of people that like to play games. Brad, how about you? This Maybe this story is why I'm so positive today. Um, full of hope. You've been waiting uh, I to get cannot, to this, huh? <laughs> I, I can absolutely cannot wait for this. Um, because the Arkham games, which were made by Rocksteady, were some of my favorite video games ever. Uh, they were all so well done. Now, granted, Arkham Origins was done by um, it was Warner Brothers Montreal, and it got a little bit of hate thrown at it. But even you know, but I, I enjoyed that too. I've enjoyed all these games, and uh, you, you know, with with the original Arkham games, there you basically played as Batman, and you had certain ways you tr- traversed the world and ways you fought. And that was it. There was DLC with different characters, but it all basically worked the same. Even if you were playing as Nightwing or Batgirl in the DLC, the mechanics all worked the same for combat and travel and things like that. But with the Suicide Squad game, it could really allow them to expand on that, um, to do things like flight and superpowers. And how they will integrate that into the combat will be so much fun. 
um, and I, I and I know that you guys aren't necessarily gamers so much, so I might be speaking Greek, but this this could be an amazing game. And I'm really curious too about the story because that's still not clear. Um, is it you know the 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 picture we got was Superman's head with the crosshairs. Um, so we're thinking there's rumors that it might be a Superman uh, versus Suicide Squad or Justice League versus Suicide Squad. And that story could be so much fun as well. Um, so th- there's just so much to look forward to. And I'm really, really hoping that we can get a trailer uh, at um, Fandom for this. Because thinking back um, years ago when they – it was like five years ago, I think, at this point, when they released Arkham Knight, they first announced it by a whole trailer release. So – and they've, they've had five years to be – prepping stuff so they could definitely have a trailer ready by the weekend of the 22nd so hopefully we'll get a trailer and we can get a little more idea of what's going down but this this game will be uh, if it's any bit as good as the other Ar- the arkham games it's going to be great and it also brought up that i forgot that there was actually an after credit scene in arkham origins where they hinted about the suicide squad amanda waller comes and visits deathstroke in in prison and asked if he wants to join so they've been kind of hinting at this for a while um and i'm so glad we're finally getting to know exactly what rocksteady's been working on so yeah i'm 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 excited steve yeah it's like you said I'm, i'm not the biggest gamer in the world but all the arkham games just blew my mind just with me sitting there watching my son play them and when i told him about this he said yes that actually follows on. So it's probably exactly what you just said, Brad, where it was teased previously. And as soon as I see Suicide Squad and hear the names versus Justice League and I see Superman with a target on his head, I just think, damn, gamers are in for a treat. This is just going to blow the minds of everyone out there. And if it's in the same league as all the other Arkham games, then oh, gamers, you're in for a treat. You are in for a brand new uh, experience, a brand new universe, a brand new set of characters, and with the same levels of storytelling, world building, and and characterization that you got from the others. So this is going to be a big one. I can feel it. And if we get lots of excellent news about it at Fandom, oh, add fuel to the flames. It's reason enough to get a new to get one of the oh, PlayStation Five or absolutely. the new Xbox. Reason enough, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Although we, my, my Xbox is dying, so there you go. There's a reason yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of this kid I knew in school who, whenever he wanted a new pair of shoes, something would tragically happen to the pair that he had that looked kind of <laughs> new. But man, once he was like, I had to get new shoes, man. <laughs> um. I, I really love that you guys brought this up, uh, your viewpoints on this story, because I don't play a lot of games. And for anyone who doesn't, but is like, well, maybe now is the time I can get into it. You know, uh, gotten to a point that joints are telling me I need to do a little more couch bed rest. Maybe there's something that would be entertaining. Sometimes when I get tired from reading a lot, whatever the reasoning might be, maybe it's just that great graphics to get into game. And if you're already a fan, then you know some of the things that Brad, you pointed out. The fact that this was hinted at in the uh, the last Arkham game, uh, which, as you pointed out, was also about five years ago, you said. Yeah. Um, 
and then Steve, as you pointed out, there's been just a you know a thrilling experience uh, that's sort of translated from watching your son play the games and and sort of vicariously experience the, the events of it. Even though you're the the viewer, you're also getting to watch the story unfold in the same way. And if it's that visually uh, spectacular and breathtaking, imagine what they can do with Suicide Squad. Brad, I love that you brought up the uh, the teaser image and uh, what that could be hitting at Justice League versus Suicide Squad, the crosshairs on Superman's head, um, and how that ties into that hint about the the Deathstroke and Amanda Waller conversation at the end of the last game. And then I, I gotta love you both for bringing up the fact that our next story is about fandom and how the next place we might see more about this story is actually a fandom and the trailer experience you referenced, Brad. So, um, boy, a, a lot of uh, a lot of connections as we lead into our next story, which is the fact that, yeah, fandom has uh, it's gotten closer. Starting August 22nd, you'll get a chance to experience everything they have to offer. And one of the things to help sort of uh, add to the hype is the announcement of a guest list. That is quite a doozy. There's names you'll recognize from everything. And few, uh, in fact, a few you've seen on here or heard, like April Bowlby, like Mark Guggenheim. Uh, some people that I'm sure uh, we are hoping will answer some questions for us about things we're looking forward to. Maybe a gentleman by the name of uh, Michael Rooker, perhaps someone named John Cena. Uh, perhaps there's somebody else on this list that you're looking for, whether it's Idris Elba, Gal Gadot, Neil Gaiman. My goodness, there's a lot. So uh, first off, Brad, what name stuck out for you? What names here are you excited about? Is there somebody that... I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Uh, Just because there's too many. I mean, I'm looking at this list right now, and my God. Some of these these names, I didn't even know that they had anything coming up with DC, like Anthony Rapp who's guy exactly. in, in Rent, and like, yeah, I, I, what, what's he doing? Well, he what, recently um, did the Star Trek series, so I'm like, well, what was he doing yeah, in the downtime? Right. What, what's with DC? Yeah, so that was like, huh? You know, I mean, but this, is, this has got everybody. And, and this just brings me back to Steve saying, like, he's just going to be glued to his computer. Uh, I'm going to be, too, because this is just, <laughs> this, this is going to out Comic-Con, Comic-Con at home. I think that we are going to get announcements and trailers and things like that that are just going to leave everybody in the dust. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco is going to be there, which makes me hope that we're going to get confirmation of a a third season of Harley Quinn. Um, I mean, I could, I could go down a rat like Kristen Wiig. So maybe we'll get to see some more images of Cheetah. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And maybe Lake Bell, somebody needs to tell her that she needs to play Poison Ivy in real life, not just the voice. So yeah. use that as an opportunity to tell her somehow, get in touch with her and let her know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just, just this list is just, is really, really insane. Um I would tune in just for Neil Gaiman alone, let alone all these other names. I mean, it's just, I, mean, I could go on and on, and on yeah. forever. So, uh, so Steve, take over. <laughs> Dudes, brothers, comrades in comics. Indeed. It's, it's easier to say who isn't on this list. This is insanity. I mean, just 
uh, going by uh, DC Universe, Abigail Shapiro from uh, Doom Patrol, Alan Tudyuk from Doom Patrol, and from Harley Quinn. You've got everybody. Amanda Connor from comics. You've got this is just the A's guys. Anna Diop from Titans. This is bonkers. April Bowlby, Ben Aldridge, who plays Thomas Wayne in Pennyworth. Um, Brandon Vietti, Brett Bassinger, Star Girl herself, Brenton Thwaites, Dick Nightwing Grayson, Brian Michael Bendis. Sorry, Matthew. Um, he had to be there just to annoy you. But we love you anyway. Uh, Katie Lotz, Cameras Johnson, Candice Patton, Carlos Valdez, Callan, Caroline Dries, who's the showrunner for Batwoman. I mean, the list goes on and on forever. And then, of course, you have to have Neil Gaiman. Like, wow. Gal Gadot. Wow. Um, Grant Gustin. Grant Morrison. Idris Elba. Jay Courtney. James Gunn. James Wan. This is bonkers literally i'm literally gonna have to sleep all day uh well actually, because i am going to watch every panel i'm going to do everything i possibly can and if a dc do come through with a couple of one-to-one interviews then i'm going to be the happiest man in the world but even if they don't following this list and seeing some of these people is just going to be incredible seth your brain must be burning as much as mine and Brad is, right? Dude, it's it's really kind of unbelievable as you flip through it, you know. And it's like I'm looking at names like Tom Taylor and Tom King, right? One right after the other. I'm thinking about how I saw, you know, after that you've got Tyler Hecklin, Val Kilmer after him, Terry Crews, who's been rumored to be doing something and you know like pitching left and right for him to be involved in something, Tim Daly. Uh, I love flipping my thumb down the page and stopping it and going, yeah, look at all this stuff. Mikhail Yannon, Mark Waite. I I could sit and just, you know, it's like him and Jeff Johns. I would be like, so tell me another Flash story. Okay. Okay, tell me another one. Okay, tell me another. <laughs> it's like that trope where you say, okay, we're going to spin the globe. And wherever we put the finger, we're going to go to vacation. Mm-hmm. And every time you put your finger down it's going to be a panel or a discussion that you're going to want to be involved with or watch somehow so my god yeah it's pretty phenomenal the best and thing is you can actually go in on all of them you don't have to yeah, keep up and decide right. which panel you want to watch you can <laughs> yeah. watch all of them matt reeves and robert pattinson what exactly um that's probably the one thing that actually i i knew comic-con was coming and i knew things were happening but another part of me thought to myself wouldn't you want to save the best for last at the fandom right before the end of summer? Right. And now I look at this list and I think, yeah, that's exactly what you wanted to do. You sneaky devils. And what are you doing with Henry Winkler? Cause that's another name that pops up where I'm like, tell me, Hey, <laughs> hey <laughs> tell me more, you know, um, it, it's a, it's an amazing assortment. It's an amazing grouping. Um, I'm kind of blown away by the fact that they even got Ziggy Marley on here, which sort of yes, like, blows me right. away. I'm like, <laughs> right? uh, yeah, like, okay, is he doing music? Is it a, you know, uh, some other thing? <laughs> Hard to say, but I'm intrigued by just how many people there are going to be. And, you know, sort of as a follow-up, guys, just overall, uh, I had a chance to recently take a look at the fandom trailer. It, it again, just sort of reminded me this 
recent um, story that we were talking about with Dwayne Johnson, the the Twitter <laughs> post that had all these names, and now this concrete list of names you can flip through page by thumbprint by page, and and take everything in. With fandom coming up, we we know Steve's going to be glued there, and I'm I'm you know a little scared to think about how he's going to force himself awake for the entire. Uh, stretch of time that he is and and just doing that wonderful soldierly thing coffee there you go at a boy lad um and i won't ask about the catheter but when it comes to actually like you know what you're looking for (laughs) and expecting and hoping for and sort of what are we at maybe two weeks out from fando like what do you see ahead on the horizon what are you really excited for what have we not talked about that you want to see happen at fandom or what do you know that we're going to hear more about? And that's really, you know, so your overall just take as we uh, wrap up this episode and we make fandom our last story, Brad, starting with you. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to more info on the suicide squad game. Um, any shape or form. I can't wait. Um, movie wise, any footage that we would possibly see or pictures from whatever from the Batman definitely want to see some Suicide Squad footage, which hopefully we'll see. It looks like a lot of the cast is going to be involved. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I would love to hear some kind of more hints about the new gods or where that project is. Um, anything on Black Adam like we talked about uh, before. Um, I'd be curious what's happening with the Aquaman 2 and, and the trench if we'll learn anything about that um on the tv side i am really curious if we'll learn more about the future of dc streaming and some of the shows uh it looks like we're gonna get a harley quinn panel so i'm hoping that like i was saying that we'll get a confirmation on the third season um and you know it looks like we're getting uh, maybe a titans panel so maybe we'll get confirmation on that as well um so you know you just just um, knowing some concrete information about the future DC Universe streaming service would be nice. Um, comic book wise, I, I really kind of want to know more about this um, Endless Winter uh, crossover event or big yeah. event. I really want to know more info about what's happening with that. Um, I'm really curious on uh, if they have any updates to give on what's happening with the whole 5G thing and um, and that, you know, the whole restructuring of the history of the DC Universe. I want to know more about that. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more about um, Three Jokers. And I'm really curious for any more information about some any upcoming Black Label books. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on about what could possibly be revealed and i think i think that when uh, when this does happen i think that what's going to be released and talked about i think it's really going to break the internet that weekend so so be ready for that i think this is going to be a lot of of heavy duty info coming out so yeah, yeah there's so much steve oh Everything you've said, I mean, the fact that Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson are going to be involved as a Batman fan, getting any news and any possible footage for the Batman is number one among his priorities. But the fact that you've got so many cast members from Doom Patrol there, including the two guys who physically play uh, Robot Man and Negative Man 
as well as the guys who do the voices. It is just something I cannot wait. More April Bowlby, um, huge, 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 huge Titans. Like I said, we've, we've got so many of the Titans cast there and comics. I mean, if you look at the names of comics creators, I mean, just the fact that Jeff Johns and Jim Lee are there, I could spend all day listening to those guys. It's endless. G. Willow Wilson, uh, Gal Gadot. So she's going to talk about Wonder Woman 84. It's mind blowing. I cannot wait. And like I said, if I have to do the old Tom and Jerry thing of, of getting the toothpicks to keep my eyes open, plugging in the coffee, having endless chocolate and sugar poured down my throat to keep me awake, I don't care i'm in i am invested i am going to be stuck there like super glue seth oh man (laughs) are you gonna sit through it all as well i'm i'm probably going to sit through everything that i can while still somehow managing to function so there will be periods of me walking around the house with headphones on the phone in front of me while making my coffee, prepping something for breakfast. And it's going to get messy. I'm just going to warn anyone right now. Picture dripping coffee, think overflowing cups, think burned English muffins, toast, and bagels. Think, um, you know, all sorts of potential escapades that might occur just with me carrying said items up and down stairs as I transition from the phone back to the laptop and then along the way, maybe have some private moments using the restroom with my phone and headphones and not trying to create any more visual image. But I'm going to do what I have to do to get as far as I need to. One of the things that I love is I've gotten pretty conditioned through English Premier League and stuff of knowing that the event that's going on is is playing. I've got my headphones on. I'm aware of both. And I can hear as the building, it's like, uh-oh. We've got some play developing here. Cut back inside. Let's see what's happening. Well, I'm going to have that same sort of vibe. And there's that great 15-second rewind button, which I just I just love. Like, that's awesome. Um, so many great creators are going to be there, which is going to be so much fun. The panels that you've talked about. I mean, I think at some point um, there's an expectation that you're going to get to see more and hear more from all of these people that you're hoping for, whether it's Patty Jenkins, whether it's uh, – more about the fact that Linda Carter is going to be there, who I've had a crush on since the first time I saw her as Wonder Woman. And, um, Forever. <laughs> and my wife could hate me for all that, but there's a part of her that also goes, yeah, she's pretty hot. I get it, man. I get it. So um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of just – and I see names where – like the one that's sticking for me right now is Riley Rosmo, who made such a wonderful impact for me with the uh, Martian Manhunter series. And – and reminded me of some other great talents that I've loved who've done some of the similar things with color and patterns. And there's so much here that I want to sort of like, as Brad pointed out, like rabbit hole with. And there's another part of me that's just like, yeah, but that's, that's only like tip of the iceberg stuff. And I I love the fact that that's the feeling that I'm getting from this, that there's going to be so much going on. But even if you do miss something, you're going to hear about it from everybody and then you'll just go back and watch. It. I have a feeling that I'm going to be spending like the week after catching up on everything that I missed the actual <laughs> weekend and just trying to take in yeah. as much as I have as a feeling you possible. won't be alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, for sure. We're all going to be doing that. Um, yeah, man, this is just one of those experiences where I, I, I hope all the best things come from it. And it's it's a it's a staple we can look forward to year after year. It's like, yeah, there's Comic-Con and then there's Fandom. 
You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's something that I am hopeful for to that degree. And it's one of those things that's just, uh, man, I mean, Brad, you said it before and I always love to remember it and think about it is the idea that we are living for all the challenges we're facing presently. It, it's a pretty magical time to be a comic book fan, to be a DC fan, to have all of these great projects and heroes and believers making these projects happen, bringing these heroes to life for us in new ways all the time and knowing how important it is for us because it's just as important for them. And I can't wait to experience that from them, from fandom. Final thoughts, any any last ones before we wrap this up being our final story here on uh, Gould episode number two, 82, number two. <laughs> I, I hope that you Is are it right August 22nd that... yet? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's getting closer. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what were you saying, Brad? That I, I hope that you're right that this becomes kind of like an annual thing. And, you know, it mm-hmm. makes me wonder if this turns out to be a, a huge success for DC, that if it's going to lead to companies doing things like that more often instead of necessarily going to a big comic-con where they have to compete to everybody they'll have their own little events going back to video games for a second playstation has stopped going to e3 which is like the big you know the big video game conference where they announce all the new games and things like that and playstation's just started doing their own their own little conferences so i what that could be uh, it could be the way the future goes, so which I guess is is, is good and bad. But um, yeah, I think that the the announcements that we are going to get from this are definitely going to be bigger than any announcements we got from Comic Con at home. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the way things are looking. So yeah. Final thoughts from you, Steve. Um, just get me there in a hurry. And let me see all the things. Yeah, mine is uh, that my my wife is a fan of the Big Bang show and um, Big Bang Theory. And there's an episode where a guy had something called a stadium buddy. And I suddenly feel a desire to look that thing up. Yep, leaving it at that. Um, With that note, um, really, that was our final story. Fandom is coming. It's getting closer. We hope that this and all the stories we talked about are... Things that are getting you excited for it coming. And we're actually really excited to hear from you. If you have any thoughts that you want us to know about, your expectations, your hopes, your dreams, everything to do with DC, DC fandom, or anything else you heard on this episode. When it comes to letting us know any of those things, you can reach out to the entire group on either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or YouTube. All you need is the at symbol DC Comics News. It's just capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. Now, let's say you want something to go to one of us specifically. Well, the great thing is Brad, Steve, and everyone here is really great about letting you know how to find them. Brad, I'm going to start with you. The folks want to find you. What's the best way to do it? Find me uh, writing news reviews for DC Comics News, of course, and you can find me on the Mad Love podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And Mr. Steve, how about you, my friend? 
please talk to me on Twitter. I love hearing from each and every one of you. If you want to talk to me about anything you like in general, it's just at Lstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. If you want to talk to me about Batman, of course, the Dark Knight News Twitter is at DKNews.com. If you want to read my work across DC Comics News and Dark Knight News, just do a search on your search engine of choice for Steve J. Ray. If you want to read about all other kinds of fan stuff, go to my website, Fantastic Universes, or catch me on this great show most weeks with these wonderful people and on I Am The Night, the show where my son and I, and sometimes a guest presenter, will talk about episodes of Batman the animated series um seth where can the universe find you well you can generally find me wandering wandering and stumbling because man sometimes you look outside you look around you read stories like the ones we did today and it's a beautiful world but when i'm not doing all that i pick up my phone i pick up my computer uh i look for messages from me on places like twitter where i'm at one more singleton uh at DC Comics News, where you can catch me writing reviews. Right here with these fine folks every week on the DC Comics News weekly podcast or hosting the Spinner Rack. Um, other than that, oh yeah, check out my dogs, Bruno and Fiji, Instagram. They're, they're cute. They're, they're so cute. Well, they're a lot better looking than I am, and they're more fun to watch. What can I say? Uh, and when it comes to anything related to the DC Comics News podcast network, well, there's a guaranteed way to make sure that you catch every episode of I Am The Night, hosted by Mr. Steve J. Ray. Spinner Rack, hosted by yours truly. Uh, Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, where we get down and a little dirty with a show that's meant just for adults. Whether it's uh, any one of those shows or regular episodes of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever your podcast platform is. We're on all the big ones from Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, you, you name it, and all the other ones you might enjoy. In fact, if there's one we're not mentioning and you think we need to shout out to, well, send us a message on your favorite channel. Let us know, and we'll go ahead and give that a shout. But make sure you subscribe so you don't miss this and every episode of all the great programming available from the DC Comics News Podcast Network. This has been the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, episode number 82. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. I've been with the amazing Mr. Brad Felicki, Steve J. Ray, and we're all biting at our bits to say one final thing to you. And that is to always read more comics. That's all, folks. <laughs>